Hi guys, Paul from the Complete Personal Training Podcast here with our fourth episode of Programming Mistakes. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about the programming mistake of using your own biases in your training programs for your clients. And this comes from a conversation from a new student of mine. Now, uh, if you're listening, I know you probably are. Uh, don't take it personal because this is something that we've all done, including me, a lot in the past. So I'll keep referring back to what I used to do rather than making you feel bad. So. When we're training clients, it is very common to let what we want or what we think they need to get in the way of what they actually want. So a lot of clients come to us and they want to lose fat. Let's be very, very clear about that. Fat loss is the number one goal for 95% of people who go to the gym. Now, because we're personal trainers, fitness professionals, we have a pretty good idea of what it requires to do that, which is a calorie deficit and, you know, high level of non-exercise activity thermogenesis and resistance training three to four times a week, couple sessions of cardio, you'll be perfect. Now, a lot of people, what they're gonna do, they're not gonna hit that volume of exercise and movement quality, quantity, pardon me, and they're not going to be adherent to a calorie deficit to the extent that they may need to be. So they want to replace that with their training program. So a lot of clients won't actually care about getting stronger or getting more mobile. They just wanna sweat and get a feeling of a good workout. And this here is when a lot of trainers will constantly try and push things like strength training or things like that, hypertrophy training, things that they like to do and that they know have probably more benefits and a better use of time in the training session rather than what the client wants to get out of the training session. So this leads us to an interesting conundrum. What do we do in this particular circumstance to achieve the things that the client needs and to also give them what they want? So we need to think about this a little bit more intelligently. Now, one of the first things that we want to get clear on is that exercise itself is a pretty poor burner of calories. In the previous edition of this podcast, I talked about the fat loss hierarchy, the MPC fat loss hierarchy, where actually just doing cardiovascular training was a better use of time. If the person's only goal was to lose body fat, it's probably a better use of time rather than resistance training because this person just wants to lose, lose weight, okay? But nevertheless, we're not going to do that with our clients. So how do we tick all these boxes and still keep the client happy? So the first thing that I want you to think of is that just because you think the client needs to get stronger doesn't mean that every session they're going they're, that you have to do strength training. Now, if you do training correctly and you apply progressive overload every single time, even though the training that you are doing doesn't have a high degree of specificity, that client will be improving their maximal strength regardless. So examples of this, there are studies shown where they get people into a gym who have never really trained before and they do nothing but leg extensions and their squat increases. Now the squat doesn't have anywhere near the same movement pattern as the leg extension and it's far more complex, but we still see those improvements there as well. In fact, we even see it with treadmill uphill walking. So what we need to remember is we don't need to follow specificity as much for these clients. As long as we follow the principle of progressive overload, they're going to get some kind of strength adaptions, adaptations. So we put this client into a workout where they were doing kettlebell swings, sled push, maybe a salt bike and a battle rope, even though I despise battle ropes either way. And they do a Metcon workout, 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off. Cool. Next week, 35-25, 40-20, 45-15. That's a really good example of progressive overload. Now, what will happen with a particular client. If they're doing sled pushes and kettlebell swings, after a period of time, if they repeat that program in four weeks time, 
The weight that they did before will not be an adequate stimulus anymore and they'll find it too easy. So what do you do? You increase the weight of the kettlebell. If you've got a client swinging a 32 kilo kettlebell and pushing a 100 kilo sled doing that type of protocol, they're pretty strong. So we don't need to really worry about applying a proper strength training protocol with two to five minute breaks in between and keeping our reps between zero and five because the client doesn't necessarily need that and it's not the best use of their time or it's not mentally the best thing for them. The next thing to remember is that strength is very, very specific, but the ways that we can express it and it's carryover are nearly infinite. So for a lot of the clients, putting them more into a hypertrophy rep range, so anywhere from five to 30 reps, approaching failure will make them stronger over time. The difference is compared to proper strength training is that it will get them there slower. And my question is, does that matter? And in 99% of cases, with your general population clients, unless they've expressed a direct need to get stronger and it's a big goal of theirs, it doesn't matter at all. So as long as you apply good progressive overload, they get there. The next thing is education. So with your clients, the best way to retain a client for long-term is have an educated client who gets involved in the process. So what we need to do with our clients is actually change how we go about this and how we reinforce our clients for what they do. So if we tell our clients, oh, you know, you've got to hit a two times body weight deadlift, for example, um, that number straight off the bat for some people seems really unobtainable. It's a long way away. So if someone's like 80 kilos, they've never deadlifted before and you're saying you need to deadlift 160 to be considered strong, that's quite disempowering to that person. They're like, I, don't, I can't barely do a remaining deadlift of 40 kilos. How am I ever going to do that? What we want to do as coaches to orientate our clients to find more value in our strength training sessions is we want to reward the effort that they put in for it and point out the improvement, not the overall goal. So of course, a lot of clients don't care about strength initially to begin with. doesn't mean they won't care about it in a small in a period of time. So as a client becomes more aware of the benefits of it, they notice more of the benefits of it, and they notice that they're actually getting rewarded for this, whether it's from you in the gym, uh, complimenting them on the effort that they put in, not the outcome, but the effort that they put in, and then they're noticing the difference in their day-to-day -day life, they can actually get a lot better outcomes. They start to fall in love with the process of strength training, and a client who loves strength training will generally stay with a PT for a lot longer. And the last thing that you can do to help avoid this bias is to actually avoid the client, avoid, involve the clients in the decision-making process. So as I said before, the methods of expressing your strength are nearly infinite. So ask the client, which is their preferred one? Um, yeah, it's everyone has a preference for something. No one just hates absolutely every exercise in the gym. There's always something that people like to do. So if a client really hates deadlifting, for example, with a straight bar, but loves a trap bar deadlift, there's nothing wrong with using that as their key way to demonstrate their strength. Uh, Chin-ups are a great way to demonstrate maximal strength as well. It doesn't necessarily have to be the big three, a squat, bench, and dead, which is something that a lot of us as trainers get carried away with. So guys, with that, that is basically how we talk about uh, dealing with our own biases when it comes to strength programming. Stay tuned for the next episode, episode, sorry, I'll learn to talk soon, where I talk about the misapplication of corrective exercise.